Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with my man, Ryan Groth. What's up, buddy? What's up, Corey? It's good to see you, man. Good to see you, my man. So, Ryan, uh, instead of me telling people uh, about you, just to give everybody a kind of a 30-second overview of what you do and who you work with and all that good stuff. Yeah, so 30-second overview. I'm Ryan Groth. I'm the founder and CEO of Sales Transformation Group. We're a sales training and coaching platform uh, for the industry of roofing primarily and other trade industries, both residential and commercial. I'm a former college and professional baseball player from Florida originally, and I am now uh, a father of five kids. I've been married 12 years. Uh, big family guy, love uh, love seeing people grow both personally and professionally, and you know just out to transform the industry and be uh, you know be able to serve people. Perfect. Well, so I got you know I met you. I guess it was a little over a year ago now at the Revolt Retreat, and we had we actually got paired up. We did a walk together. I don't really remember what we talked about, but I do remember having that conversation. And then actually, I think I don't know if we wound up on the same football team or not. I hope so because. You play professional baseball, which I wasn't totally aware of. But I and I do want to go into some differences in what you see with sales training with commercial and residential. But first, I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask you how God plays a part in your life. Perfect. <laughs> Love to talk about that. So go for it. But I, I, I just want to know a little bit about so for context, and I don't know if you know this about me, I'm a recovering alcoholic, so God does play a massive part in my life. And, you know, I I wouldn't say I'm a religious guy, but certainly spiritual and certainly believe in Jesus Christ. And, and you know, that's just where I'm at. So, yeah, so I know that, you know, I, I believe God plays a pretty big part in your life. So tell me a little bit about your journey with that. Oh, man, it's a... That's, I love being able to talk about Jesus in in this in these contexts. So yeah, I mean, I've been walking with the Lord for 21 years. I'm 37 years old, so uh, just in the middle of high school. You know, my parents grew, uh, had me pretty young. Had a kind of a, a lot of challenges, both with their finances, relationship, addiction, substance abuse. So uh, no stranger to how that affects someone's life. And so as I was kind of growing up, my, my mom's parents uh, were missionaries, deeply committed to their work and just spreading the gospel, raising up leaders, teaching the Bible, leading people in worship. 
And I spent some time just ex- being exposed to the beautiful environment that they lived in, like in the Lord. And whenever I saw the contrast of that with my, especially my dad and uh, living with him and just the, the lifestyle he was leading, I started to feel a bit convicted. I think the Holy Spirit kind of convicted me whenever I started to uh, step into some sin as a teenager. And yeah, I just got saved. God just grabbed me and saved me and uh, <laughs> and then just set me on a course, bro. Started to follow him into uh, my athletic giftings and saw just miracle after miracle of just his guidance in my life and uh, helping me reach the division one and professional ranks. And that just brought a lot of confidence to me as a young man to help me know that I can go be that warrior that can take ground and lead and overcome. And it gave me just, it gave me some certainty about the future, right? Just seeing that that happen. Although I didn't make it to a, to the major league uh, rosters and, you know, things like that. I was deeply marked by God, encountered him and the Holy Spirit in a physical way. I heard his voice audibly. The word jumped off to the book. And I just started to be transformed. And, you know, as I started to read Proverbs and started to learn about like family and uh, wisdom and foolishness and, you know, following evil and following the Lord and the the narrow path, I just started to feel like this fear of God. Like, I want to follow you, Lord. I don't want to just do my own thing. I don't want to be like the world. And he just gripped me and and I always envisioned having a family, you know, being in a household where my mom got married and divorced twice, saw a lot of abuse. And, you know, it, look, it could have been worse. There's people with worse situations, but I felt a lot of shame and guilt about who I was as a young man, just because there was so much of that in my home. So whenever I was like learning who I was in Christ and like being washed by the word and started to like, I'm like, you know, the blood of the bread and the wine, right? The body and the blood. I started to be washed and learn my identity as a son, learn that things are happening for me, not to me. Just seeing the world as like just a way to expand God's kingdom and to use my gifts and talents to, to serve him. And as I've walked with him and I've been, you know, just blessed. I got married 12 years ago. I have a beautiful family. I mean, my, my kids are beautiful. They love God. It's a dream come true. But I also have, as I've grown in this, especially as working in a business environment, being an athlete, going out and performing and competing, but that being your identity, whenever I was done with baseball, it took some time to find out who I am. And then when I found out who I am mentally, like the Lord's showing me I'm a son and I'm loved and he's got a destiny. I'm not just a baseball player and all this stuff. So it's like then after I had a time where I rested and learned how to live like that, when I had no money or no status or nothing that the world can offer. And I found Jesus and I found that I can abide in the shadow of his wing and be in that cleft in the rock and be with him and find complete peace. I was able to feel like God brought me back out into a competitive space like business. And that business 
uh, arena hasn't become my identity. And I could tell you there's been times in which it has, and I've absolutely slipped back into anxious action, competitive juices flowing, want to be the best da, 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 and just try to be really like worried about things. And as money and growth happens, you start to run into hard challenges. But, you know, as I uh, have continued to be steadfast, let him be a light into my feet, a lamp into my path. I've been transformed over and again. And man, I, I just love Jesus. Like I could tell you right now, like I'd rather spend five hours talking about Jesus, reading his Bible and worshiping than do an STG. I would rather do this all day long. I love him. And, and I could tell you that the more I spend time with him, the more I learn about him, the more I spend like just praying and feeling like and living in this place where I'm not caught up in the patterns of this world and who's the coolest guy on Facebook and who's the next speaker at the conference and is somebody doing better than me? Is somebody doing worse than me? All those things are like are starting to go away as I spend more time with Jesus. So I and then what happens is all the business stuff continues to go fine. It goes great and it grows. But he's after our hearts and uh I am one who's been marked by Jesus. I want him. He wants me and I want to live that way forever. And uh, I just get to do that and be in this industry and hang out with a bunch of people who want a better life. And I'm just doing a small part by the grace of God to provide tools and a community and coaching and accountability, uh, ultimately to help them improve their lives and both personally and professionally. But has God, how's Jesus in my life? That is a very short answer, although it was long, to what I could say about him. Would you say that you do more personal development, more personal growth in disguise of sales training? This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Does that make sense? Question. Yeah. Maybe you grabbed, maybe you nabbed me. You're like, hey, I found the, found the criminal. He's, that's him. <laughs> you know, took the mask off. I'm actually trying to help. Yeah. I mean, uh, sales training is really important, but it's definitely not all that we do. You can see their sales transformation group, right? So it's like, I think it's equal parts sales, like tactical sales stuff, strategic, but also, um, transformational because at the end of the day like the best businesses to work for the best businesses to have are ones where the founder and the, or the leader has a vision people are a huge part of that they feel loved and they're cared for genuinely and they're also developed into a better version of themselves and everybody's winning right that's like that's the best place to work i mean nobody wants to work for an owner who's just greedy and it's all about themselves so and then and, and you know 
being a sales professional, if you can be a part of something bigger and have a connection, the only way you do that is if like there's a bit of a transformation happening into that outcome we're looking for from from leadership and down and on down, right? And it's uh so yeah, it's a combination for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I found that I found the same thing. Like you couldn't say you can't say I sell personal growth and I'm gonna help your life be better. But through the disguise of sales transformation, it I just feel like I feel like lots of times for me when I work with and I work directly for one company now. And but when I was consulting, that that had a lot to do with it. It had a lot to do with really working on the owner. It wasn't really even the salespeople that we really needed to work on that hard. Yeah, there's always skills you can develop. There's always things that you could change. But really, it starts at the top. And if the leader is not, they don't have the ability to communicate well. They don't have the ability to have empathy. They don't have the ability to see maybe when they're wrong and correct that. It takes a toll on the team much more than anything else in the organization because they look to the leader. I mean, right? That's why they're called the leader. That's why they started the thing anyway. So do you just, do you get into the God conversation with people? I mean, how do you, because that could be a touchy subject, I suppose. I think I, you know, I'm just led by the spirit of the right time, the right people. Some people can tell that I'm I'm that way, and that's a big part of why they're doing business with me. And then it, it gets brought up. Some people are like they're not even interested at all, and that's okay. I just you know we yeah that's I'm not my job's not to save the world, right? That's I can't do that. I can't save anybody. That's zero. I cannot do that, right? God can do that, but at the end of the day, like it's a dance, right? It's a combination of a few things. I think that the way I just described to you is might be the boldest I've ever sounded uh, in the industry. Like I'm not constantly talking about God, but they, but there's enough where, you know, and at the end of the day, like I feel a bit convicted where like I could sit there and I think people can talk more about God to others and not even spend time with them themselves. It's like, you're not even like getting, you're not even doing it yourself. You're just like, you know, you're connected to God and it's, it, he's touched you and it's obvious, but like, what if you just went deeper into a secret place with him? And, you know, the Bible talks about that, like getting alone, having like a secret place, having a, a closet, having a, a place that's isolated, just be with him. You know, I think that's more important to me. Like everything takes care of itself, but I, I don't lead with it. It's not my sales pitch. You know, I'm not saying, hey, <laughs> right. I'm a Christian. You should work with me. It's nothing to do with that. I honestly think that what I do is I'm very passionate about it, but it's it's just one part of my life, you know, and there's a whole nother area like my family, like my wife, my marriage, my children, my community that I build with my with where we live. And there's just so many other places where that part of my life is really the main focus and you know but it's important that you could talk about like if you say you're a christian and you're a teacher you're, you're going to have a lot more accountability on you and i think that integrity doing things the right i mean 
look, you, if you're going to have your mouth be used on a platform with a megaphone, you better have, you better be ready to deliver and do a great job, be excellent, because it just makes it even uglier for people who aren't Christian to hear you talk about God and then you do something wrong or you do something immoral or you do something unethical or you don't do something you said you were going to do. Or, I mean, I'm, I've learned the hard way, you know, doing things fast and hard and quick. Uh, I, I made a lot of mistakes, continue to probably will make mistakes, but I'm very cognizant of how that message is sent uh, from my business platform. But uh, and outside of that, uh, there's a lot of Jesus talking, being talked about in my life on a personal level. So it's funny you bring up, you know, you, you, I don't know if you say keep your commitments, but I, I had a, I had an interview two guys this morning and it was at eight o'clock. Owner was running a little bit late, he, something with his keys. And so the, the meeting was going to run past nine 30 or what it felt like it was going to run. It did run past nine 30, but I had a prior commitment to, I'm in a recovery program, as I mentioned, and I'm not going to mention what recovery program because I've made that mistake before. And I had a commitment to chair the meeting. And so I messaged one of my guys. I said, hey, dude, like, could you do the meeting? He's like, yeah, I think I'll do the the meeting on keeping your commitments. And like Mm -hmm. he was being a smart ass about it. But the truth of the matter is I had to cut the interview short because I am a guy that keeps my commitments and I, I do what I say I'm going to do. And, you know, I am human. And in that moment, I felt like it was more important to sit there and interview those two guys. And I'll tie this together to something else. You said, if I go do the things I'm supposed to do, like be at that 10 o'clock meeting, the other other stuff's going to take care of itself. But if I choose to sit in through that meeting something might go sideways, right? The owner was there by that point. He could handle the rest of it. Obviously, he owns the company. And so when have you found a time maybe that you chose uh, a work situation or a meeting over something that you had committed to personally or spiritually or whatever that just you didn't feel right about 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 canceling the commitment, but maybe you made that choice. And what was the outcome of that? <laughs> oh, I mean, I got about 10 years of that. <laughs> <laughs> I got about 10 years of that, of choosing work over everything. And the outcome is anxiousness. <laughs> it's like you live in anxiety. Uh, it's not a good place to live. I mean, look, like, you, you know, there, there's, I was reading scripture. I mean, you opened me up here, so I'm going to talk about God here a couple bit more. But there's a scripture that I uh, that I found. Let me just pull it up. This is good stuff because a lot of times, as especially as a husband and a father, your spiritual commitments uh, impact your family commitments. They kind of like overflow into that. A hard balance too. It's it's certainly hard. I mean, uh, you know, come on, man. We're high performers. You don't say hard. No, but uh, it's certainly an area of opportunity, and it can be a challenge at times. Okay, I'm not finding it, so I'll just do my best to read it. It's basically saying that 
there are it's in proverbs there's like four things that the that will create an that unearth the ground that'll create an earthquake that like god gets so irritated that it'll create an earthquake in the world okay and i don't know if this is a physical one but I think it's certainly true it's one is like i forget the first one and the second one is to have a married woman who's unloved a Ooh. married woman who loved and then a woman whose mistress becomes the wife like where the wife's mistress becomes married to the husband like basically when a mistress over which could be pornography it could be literally cheating on a wife it could be whatever it may be but what i'm to go to the thing that's most common is your man and there's women who own businesses on this podcast listening so i i, I want to just say this in context but let's say husbands you believe in God, your spiritual commitments, they're great. If you're missing those, you're probably sacrificing your family commitments. And then you want to see an earthquake in your life? Have your wife be unloved. Watch what happens. I've lived it. I've lived in earthquakes. They, what happens in an earthquake? Corey, stop everything we're doing. We got to make sure we're good. Like, Everything's got to stop. Like the world stops, business stops, everything stops. Nothing matters more important if like you and your family are in an earthquake. But I don't know how many men and women on this podcast are trying to run a business and they're on the verge of divorce right now. I could promise you people right now are saying, man, my wife wants to leave me because and she's just sick of it. She's sick and tired of it. What I'm trying to say is earthquakes spiritual relational emotional earthquakes happen when you don't follow through with your spiritual commitments because that's going to be a precursor to your marital commitments here's why Corey. when i see god and i trust him and i pray i know the world is going to be okay then i get with my family and love them because i know my world is going to be okay right why do i ever sacrifice family because I'm afraid my world is going to sh- is stopping. I'm afraid business isn't going to do well. I'm afraid if I don't follow up with this email right now, something's going to happen. I'm afraid if I don't touch this lead, whatever it is, I'm afraid of the business that failing or the whatever that anxious belief is, right? Well, there you go. Your spiritual life, you have no peace because it's circumstantial instead of spiritual peace. You get circumstantial peace. I have a lot of money in my bank account, so I'm happier than I was when I did it. Well, you're serving an idol and, and your business is your God, obviously, because your heart's desire flies up. You know, your heart's fulfillment flies high when it's going good and it's going down when it's not good. That means you're worshiping your business and your and money and status and what people think about you. That's dude, it's real. So if you want to live in peace, seek God. Let him be your lover and where your source of life comes from. Then when you know the world's going to be okay, your business is going to be okay, and you're going to make the right moves, and you're going to learn, you're going to do fine, then guess what you don't do? You don't sacrifice your family. But you know what creates an earthquake? An an unloved wife. Talk Talk about an earthquake. So I am a firm believer that God speaks through people. At least in my life, that's how I... that. That's how I receive a lot of messages. And what you just said was smack between my eyes. Just this week, 
you know, I, I started working with this guy locally, been there about three weeks. I, as you can imagine, like I go all in with whatever I do, 100%, no matter what it is. To the to to the point that, you know, my schedule is, you know, I get up at 3.30 in the morning, I do my cold plunge, I go to the gym, I get to work earlier than everybody else. I stay in, maybe not later than everybody else, but pretty close. And then I have a recovery commitment after that. Well, there leaves zero time during the day for anything, or certainly not my family. And so this has been going on for, I don't know, four weeks or so. I've been running hard like this. And my wife just said to me yesterday, like, pretty much what you just spelled out. And just said, you know, like, I've, I'm going through a lot. I'm, you know, I'm struggling with a lot of things. And, like, I just don't know what to, where to turn. And what I realized last night and having this conversation with her, I was at home, of course, when we were having the conversation, is that I'm just not present in our relationship. I'm not fulfilling my duties here. And I got blinded by all the other things that I think I need to do. And therein lies the problem is I'm thinking about what I need to do selfishly and not thinking about the other people in my life. So great scripture. That was, uh, that was spot on. Or let me encourage you with something, man. And for anybody listening, it's, you know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 5, talks about marriage and being imitators of God, right? But what it says is not wives submit to your husbands, which if you read that by itself, you think, great, the husband does whatever he wants to do. She's better going to, she better recognize, she better fall in line, right? And then I'm going to do what I want to do, which is I'm going to get jacked. I'm going to make as much money as I can. I'm going to be as popular as possible and be as successful as possible. All in the name of I'm providing for my family and you better be happy. Okay. Right. That right there. If you read that in that context, that's what you're going to see. But if you read the whole thing, it says submit to God. Un- submit one another, submit to one another under God. So imagine this, imagine you, imagine the, this is how your date nights look. This is how your morning coffees look. Imagine you submitting your heart, all the things that make you anxious, all the things that get you excited, all those things, submit it to her. And then she submits to you unto the Lord, unto the Lord. And then, so, <laughs> Now you're actually like a unified front with God, one flesh. But what's wild is, you know, the Bible talks about a couple of things in Genesis two. Do you know when, <clears throat> do you know when God made the heavens and the earth? And he said, man, this is good. He said, this is good. And this is good. And then he said, then there was, he made Adam. And then he's looking at Adam and he said, oh, this is not good. This is not good that man's alone. Everything was good until Adam was alone. And then he said, this isn't good. Do you know why it wasn't good, Corey? Take a guess. Why wasn't it good? I don't know. I can't even begin to guess. 
Well, here, here's why. <clears throat> I think he said this isn't good because there was an enemy in the garden. The enemy was the serpent, the devil. <clears throat> and so he said, I'm making, I'm going to make a woman to be your helper. Now that word in the Hebrew is actually means a militant, a military help, like military, like, like, like nation with nation, military help. That means, that means when Adam fell into a deep sleep and he took a rib out, God took a rib out and fashioned Eve, beautiful Eve, formed Adam, but fashioned Eve. Now they are equal, equally made in God's image. And he says, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Now, Corey, this is what this means. The Bible also says there's when a cord of two strands is, can be broken. Okay. So now you have Adam is not alone, which if you're living by yourself, you're susceptible by yourself. And then if you have your wife, then now you're a cord of two strands, which is still easily broken. But when you have Christ in it, now you're a cord of three strands and you are not easily broken. You can like, that means the enemy cannot attack you and, and defeat you. The number one thing this world needs is families that are married, family, married couples serving Jesus together. Like that would change the world if that happened. But what happens is there's no God, and then they separate man and woman, and now they're a bunch of individuals, and it just messes up everything. So if you think about this, Corey, you're basically leaving an artillery military unit in your home. You're letting you're, you're, It's deactivated when you're by yourself and when you're not submitting to the Lord on the net together. But what happens is when you and her, and this goes for everybody, you and your spouse pray together, wash each other with the word, like read the Bible. My wife and I don't go watch movies on date nights anymore. We eat a meal. I may have a drink or two, and then we'll worship. We'll read the Bible and we'll just speak beautiful things over each other. And I'll wash her with the water of the word. That's what it says. And now she is getting spotless, making me spotless. And we're submitting our will and emotions to God. And like, we're just like buzzing when we leave, when we go home and then we make love and it's beautiful. And it's like, there's all the support in the world. It's all the support in the world. And we cannot be broken because I could tell you the devil is coming like a lion. He's not playing with, and he's not coming with rubber bullets, bro. He's coming with a machine gun. He wants to knock us out. He wants to knock you and your wife out. He wants to knock everybody out. But dude, we can be on guard and we can do that by mutually submitting, laying down our lives together to the Lord. And that right there will never be time wasted. I would rather spend every day, an hour or two praying and reading the Bible and praying with my wife than in the gym getting jacked. I love the gym. I love being an athlete. But when I work out and I work and then my wife and kids and my spiritual life is neglected, I'm standing on un. I'm standing on on, on, a, on an earthquake zone, and it's tough. It's tough. But dude, everything gets better whenever things are in its right priority. If people talk about it, yeah, here, 
how you spend your time is what you're actually doing, what you actually value. How do you spend your time? That's what you value, truly. Well, if you value God, then you're not just going to go to church on Christmas and Easter or once a week. You're not going to. I was listening to a guy, very popular sales trainer who's all jacked up and he's just always, and he's talking about God, which is cool. But he's like, spend 10 minutes a day with God. I'm like, bro, I couldn't spend 10 minutes a day and be filled. I need an hour. I need two because. Because, dude, God's not a vending machine. Like, oh, let me get my quick thing. No, he wants to give us true meat. And meat takes time to marinate and to put in the smoker. And it's like, this is a good meal. You got to let it take time. If you want God in your life, it's going to cost you something. And if you want a beautiful family, you need God in your life. It's going to cost you something. But, you know, I'd rather be spiritually rich and have a beautiful family and have no business and not one person know my name than have a beautiful big baller business and I'm famous in the industry and I'm a millionaire and I'm paying child support and my wife and kids aren't with me. Fair. So, all right. So I didn't necessarily intend on the whole thing being about this and we will get to sales stuff eventually, but I do have a, it's a personal question. So I attend, uh, I attend a Bible study every morning. I call into a conference call and this friend of mine who is a pastor at a church an hour from me, hour and a half from me, really, he's the reason I got saved. I say he's the reason, like he was the person that, you know, kind of said the right things that convinced me or convicted me to raise my hand that day at church. And I attend a Bible study with him every morning. It's about 15, 20 minutes. But I really don't understand what's going on. Like, and I'm pretty new into, you know, I've probably been going to this Bible study nine or 10 months, maybe something like that. I just don't know. Like, I just don't, I don't, sometimes I, it's really hard for me to follow. Some of the time it's because I'm not paying as much attention as I should be. Did you have trouble with that at first when you first started reading the Bible, understanding, and maybe I don't need to understand it. Maybe it's just the act of listening. No, 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 no. You need to understand it. You need to understand it. Basically, bro, like, let me just give you are as a in, a in the faith, you're a baby. You're like a newborn, right? So I'm not saying you're a baby. You're amazing. Sure. But like in the spiritual life, you're like a baby, right? So, you know, when a baby has like a little like has toys and has like a toy sword. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like that plastic sword couldn't fight a dang anything, right? Nothing. Maybe a, a fly, right? Well, the Bible, the, the word of God is the sword. It's a sword. Like, it's a sword. And right now, you're fighting with, a, with like a newspaper, a wet newspaper. You're fighting with, you're fighting with like a, a baby sword from Toys R Us, right? Yeah. But what, what I need you to, what, what I would encourage you to do is to say, but I'm a warrior in the spirit. Okay. You need to know your Bible. You didn't know the Bible. Because if you don't have the sword, Corey, what's going to happen when the enemy attacks? Screwed. For lack of better. Yeah. You're done. Addiction, lack, divorce, depression, anxiety. And then you combat it with selfishness, ambition, hustle hustle all looks good but you have dead bodies along the way a bunch of casualties in your life 
spiritually and emotionally that aren't making it and they're not thriving under your leadership because you're you got your you got bamboozled by the enemy right so what i would encourage you to do is say this bible i need to know this thing i need it tattooed on my heart because guess what happens when you have this katana <laughs> just samurai sword or excalibur with glowing with power and i can like shoot lasers at the enemy like you're unstoppable you will win you will ascend the hill of the lord and you will have um a life of peace abundance overflow stewardship humility rich relationships beautiful friendships like peace all the good stuff that only god can provide not the world not the world provide god not money not sta- status not that the what the word the world sorry what the what god can provide so you got to know the bible and i would just encourage you to read it and when you spend time in it just listen to just read it and read it daily and not 5 minutes a day like you need to like the bible says that jesus went out alone to be with the father all the time alone not with his buddies not at a bible study like he went alone because i could promise you that god will speak to you in those scriptures it is alive but if you're out there and you're texting people and you're like you're just constantly distracted and you're accessible. Jesus wasn't accessible. You didn't know where he was when he went and prayed. Like, where's Jesus? I don't know. I don't know where he is. That's the point. He's alone with the Lord, with the Father, right? And I think that you and I and all of us listening, if we want to grow, we need our daily dose of the Lord, the daily, like daily, not just weekly, not once a year. And the other thing too is that like, that Bible, that preacher, man, he's feeding you milk. He's like, here's some milk, Corey. Drink it. Drink it, right? But what's cool is like my one-year-old doesn't need the nipple on my, my wife. He can grab a bottle and drink himself. He's like, I want this. He starts to drink it. Right? He gets a little bigger. He can eat solid food and he gets a little bigger. He's eating meat. He gets a little bit. Now my son, my oldest is five foot one, 130 pounds. He's 10. He's massive. And he's just a beautiful young boy i'm just so impressed with him but like on the spiritual side we're just we're you're young like you're a baby but time it's not linear with god so you're gonna you're gonna grow as you're processing and spending time with him and true life is knowing him that's it knowing him that's it it's true life is knowing god and the only way to know them is to spend time with them. And Corey, what's scary is that there's people, the Bible talks about that, will do miracles, cast out demons in his name, heal people in his name, and all these things. And then they're going to go to God, to heaven. And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. That's because they didn't get to know the one doing the miracles. They didn't get to know him. They just wanted to do the stuff. Or they just wanted all the stuff. And you don't get to know anybody without spending time with them. So my encouragement to you and and to myself is to not wake up and work out, not wake up and do the cold plunge first, (laughs) wake up and get with the Lord first as the most important thing. The first fruits of my day is going to him. I spent about an hour drinking coffee and reading my Bible, man, 
everything's better after that. It just the, the, the day's better. The world's slower. It's just a better, it's a better life. And I can tell you right now, when, when you start playing higher level sports, the game speeds up and it gets harder. But when you learn how to slow the game down, it gets easier. And then if you're playing high level, then you go to a high school field and the game looks like it's being played by children compared to that level. And you're just like, you can dominate the game slower. You and I, we like to go fast, but guess what? Like <laughs> it also gets a little crazy and chaotic and we, we try to act like we're awesome and we got to figure it out, but I'd rather play in when my world is slower and it slows down when you spend time with him, the, the maker of heaven and earth. You spend time with him. He's, you get his eyes and your his ears and his heart. And you're like, oh, you start to have more peace and you make better decisions, better at connect, communicating. You, you, everything's just better, you know? And so, yeah, man, I know that's a lot here. I'm giving you a lot of information. So, uh, but yeah, I think that I appreciate your transparency. I would, I would get a Bible plan. Right now I'm reading the Bible in a year. It's a Bible plan on the app. Read the Bible plan. And you're going to have a lot more success staying on track with something. And I'm, you know, I started at the beginning of the year. It's uh, 35 days or 34 days in a row. And it's like, heck yeah. It's not like two days and then I don't do it again for three weeks. And then I jump in for two days. It's, uh, it's good stuff. So get a plan, get a Bible plan. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So do you... And the last question, and I swear we're going to move to a couple of sales things. So do you attend a church every Sunday or do you, how do you, how does that part in your life work? Oh yeah, big time. So I'm in Dallas right this moment. There's a church here that I go to. I go once um, a week during their church services, but they actually have a prayer room. They do prayer sets with live like musicians and leaders. And it's open like Monday through Friday, like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., all dollar in the week. So when I'm in town, what I typically do as a way to prioritize him is I'll go into the prayer room and spend an hour to two hours just like just connecting to God and like not working. It's not working. I mean, look like, oh, you should be working. Look, dude, I've done the days where I've done nothing but work. Okay. And I know what that turns into if you don't have things in order. I tell you what, man, like, it's a beautiful thing. It's, uh, and I'm in very, it's very, I'm privileged to be here. This place is special. This church community specifically is like a nation worldwide effect. It's like worldwide what's happening out of here. And it's just a little old place in Dallas. This place is like a house of God that I, I find a lot of uh, shade in and feel resourced in my life spiritually. And it's been great. And where our other, where we also live is in Maui, Hawaii. And we have a, a sweet church community there that also offers some other uh, weekly activities, but all of that, Corey, all that should not be your food. That is not the food. The food spiritually is you and God alone. And that's where you get the most growth is when it's just you and God, because all that the people in church are trying to do is to get you to be equipped and trained to 
hear from God yourself and to have a relationship with God yourself. And to, and to do that within a community is the idea. It's not designed to say, hey, I am your I am the mouthpiece of God for you and you should tithe for me and I'm going to make a lot of money off of you while you are dumb and you don't know anything about God except when you hear from me. Like that is like old school church stuff that's just a problem. Church is meant to be a community where you can encourage the body of Christ together and encourage one another. But it should be an, oh, amen. Like that's what God was showing me, not, oh my gosh, like, I don't listen to God. I don't try to hear from God. I'm just listening to you right now, or I'm just connecting to God during worship with you right now. That's not it. That's not it. It's not enough. We need to give him our life daily. And then when you go to church, it's just like all these people have been spending time with God on their own. And we come together. It's like an explosion versus that's why you go to church and it feels like dead. It's because nobody's searching God on their own. It's just dead. It's like boring. But the church I go to, it's a, I'm blessed in a sense where everybody's like, most everybody is just on fire for God. And when we come together, it's just like an eruption of his presence. And it's just so fun. So it's a big part of our lives personally. And it's honestly how we cent- we centralize our family life around that. It's, it's pretty much pivotal for how we live. That makes sense. All right. Well, thank you definitely for that. That was that was a lot of information, but I, you know, all super, super helpful. Uh, and I think it was just exactly on time for the, this conversation. So I want to switch for a moment and talk about how you transform sales teams on the commercial side and on the residential side, because I think there is a difference there. Probably not a finite difference, but there is a difference in sales cycle and, you know, customer interaction. So can you dive into that for a quick moment? Yeah, there's a lot that we do at STG, a lot. I mean, we do a ton. But uh, basically, I'll just touch on commercial and residential, let's just say roofing or any trade. Typically, commercial is very account-centric. And so what we need to do is, is help Teach, we teach people how to focus on relationships and making sure their service offerings are, are, are supportive of a long-time relationship. In commercial, there's a lot of temptation to just be in a what we call a bid shop where we just go up there and give a bid, go up there and give a bid, go up there and give a bid. And that's really important to be able to estimate But when you stop truly selling and having human beings who are trained to sell and you stop prioritizing that in your sales motion, and then you kind of just rely only on the estimating part, you end up getting into the very low closing ratio environment unless they're a really good customer that you've done a great job with for a long time and you have a high closing ratio and you're their only contractor. We want to get to that point. But what happens is in commercial, if they get comfortable there and they don't grow because they don't have anybody finding new customers. And then when they do get new inquiries, they don't know how to sell those new customers the right way. And then they kind of just look expensive to the customer prospect and they don't work with them. And it's just like, it's a slow growth. So if you want to grow faster in commercial, you need to know the sales, a sales process that supports 
you being different and asking deeper questions and then getting to the actual decision makers versus in, in residential, it's just a, a shorter sales cycle typically. And you, it may be relational, but it, it, and you do get long over uh, reoccurring business with customers, but a residential, you only do that unless you have like multiple service offerings, you know, but in commercial, you're going to have a client that you can service even with roofing over and over again for a long time. So there's a lot to unpack there. I literally could speak for eight hours straight on all of those differences, but in commercial, you know, we're transforming companies by providing a plan, compensation plan, identifying the areas of weakness in the sales team with a third-party assessment, training and coaching those salespeople to fulfill a sales process that is uh, more supportive of, the, of getting their ideal clients. A lot of times we're helping them move away from GC work, move more toward the private sector or you know, not new construction. So that helps you break into a higher margin less competitive environment. So we, we help them strategically do that. We help them with lead generation and business development and branding, but really like you got to close the deal and you got to land the account. And that takes a certain type of sales rep to do. And we think we can train people to do that, but it is different for residential on the roofing side. There's two, there's retail and there's insurance. And on the insurance side, we're heavy on the door-to-door, right? Like we, we're big on the mindset of door-to-door, the culture of door-to-door, accountability around door-to-door and how that process looks and the right milestones in that process. And then retail is, uh, is even different than those two. It's different in the sense where we still do door-to-door around the neighborhood and, and get relationship referrals from the relationships but it is typically a little bit of a different setup than in a, a post-storm door knocking scene. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of different variables, but some of the common things are going to be leadership, um, accountability, coaching, uh, motivating, and recruiting, and then having an ongoing culture of coaching around the sales process. And then, you know, just continuing to shape a good environment for the sales teams. Is there one of those that you find that you spend more time on than some of the others? Yeah, the sales leadership part is severely lacking in our industry. I'm actually going to start writing this a new guide, like the ultimate guide for sales leadership and contracting. Because, yeah, it's huge. It's hugely lacking in our industry. <clears throat> Owners typically do the job; they wear the hat, but they do a terrible job. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think that there's nothing that's going to transform your organization for sales more than having a sales leader who knows how to wear that hat of a coach and holding a standard high and, and builds relationship with their team and they trust and respect that leader. And that, that person can truly like level up and coach 
athlete, like athletes get coached and coach them up um, in sales. And at the end of the day, if we can do that and, you know, move away from this culture where it's like nurseries where babies are being fed versus barracks where warriors are being bred. It's like, that's sales leadership. What's, what are you going to be? A nursery where babies are being fed or barracks where warriors are being bred. And when you do that, you start to lean into all the things that go within being a warrior and creating a, a place where warriors are wanting to come alive and be successful in your company. Uh, you're going to start to have owners will be like, oh my gosh, like this is where the growth comes from is when our sales team <laughs> is trained, accountable, fired up, getting coached, following a leader they respect, adhering to a process that's repeatable. And then they have success stories within their sales team where guys and girls are winning, like winning, like they're actually having a lot of success as individuals in the role. And then it's very marketable, right? Then you have case studies of successful sales professionals. And uh, now you have a marketable product to join your organization. Uh, man, it is, it's a special thing. And that's the crux right there is like, Oh, I'm two to four to five million. I want to get to 10. Like, man, we just did a third of what I just said. You'll get to 10. Right? And if you just did more than that, you're going to get, you're going to get to 15 to 20 to 25 and beyond. But, but yeah, we find sales leadership is the biggest hole in our, in, in the industry. And we're plugging that in by doing some fractional sales leadership and sales leader peer groups to try to encourage and coach them through a peer group environment. And then also content and and some one-on-one -on -one consulting. Perfect. So just for people that may not know uh, what Sales Transformation Group does, uh, some of the core offerings, could you run through that really quick before we wrap up? Yeah. So uh, I have this like kind of pyramid that shows, <clears throat> shows what we do, but everybody we work with is going to get a core learning plan a residential sales accelerator, a roof warrior program, or a commercial sales accelerator. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're building a pavement one now too for paving businesses. So we have those and everybody gets a core learning plan. It's online learning. And then also we include group coaching, which is like a one-to-many model, pretty affordable program. And then everybody gets treated the same with a third-party sales assessment. So we do a per individual sales assessment charge for that. And then we do a series of five to six Zoom calls leading up to a two-day in-person kickoff with your company. So we go to your office and we do a two-person uh, facilitated kickoff where we introduce and do a lot of stuff together. And then after that, uh, they'll remain on the core platform and just go through the video training and get uh, group coaching. Or we'll add a sales leader peer group. It's called the Winner Circle, which they meet twice a month with other sales leaders they're like-minded that we're looking at numbers. We're looking at challenges. Uh, we're having discussions around those, assigning action items, rating the meeting. And so we're doing that every uh, two weeks for two hours with those groups, about three to four companies in a group. So that's a certain, that's a program on top of the core. And then another program we have is called Sales Builder, in which we actually help build out your recruiting funnel, uh, your ramp-up playbook. We help you build out your KPIs, how to run your sales meetings with our five-star sales meeting framework. 
And then we're also adding some other tech partners where we uh, we help you basically project manage that thing through. Do we have the structure of your sales organization, which is also you know compensation plans and things like that are included. And then the final and the most expensive program is our high touch platinum program where we help you with your sales meetings every week. We go monthly to your office <coughs> and we do a classroom and field sales training at your office with a coach. And we do some one-on-one Zoom uh, coaching sessions in that program. So it's like a fractional sales leadership, sales management program. So those are the, the, four, the three coaching engagements on top of our core video training and group coaching platform that we do. Typically, customers are with us for a couple of years. Uh, hopefully, we're, we're trying to set it up where people can be with us for a very long time. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at today. It's a ton of fun and yeah, very fulfilling and a lot of work to do. There's still a lot to do. Perfect. Yeah, thank you for that overview. That was great. Well, look, I know that we're getting to the end of our time. Ryan, if somebody wants to reach out to you at STG or wants to find you online or where would you recommend someone go to get in touch with you? Yeah, go on LinkedIn. You can go to Instagram. Follow me on The Sales Athlete. That's my Instagram handle, The Sales Athlete. Facebook, I'm, you know, it's hit or miss. You know, I'll be on it every day, but uh, you can connect with me there. My email is rgroth, R-G-R-O-T-H, at salestransformationgroup.com. You can also go to our website, salestransformationgroup.com. If you want to go to our YouTube, we got some content up there, some keynotes I've got uploaded up there. So yeah, you can check us out on YouTube. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. Just like I'm not on TikTok, probably won't be for a while. I'm not on some of the other things, but those are the main ones. And yeah, love to. And if you're at industry events, I'm typically at most of them. You can see me. Perfect. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate you having me on. Got it, my man. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.